The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. 087-1400-106, the number if you want to get in touch. A lot of people getting in touch about Gaelic Games and GEA Go. The GEA should either be free to air or they should have their funding pulled as it stands. Government money through from the taxpayers goes to RTE and the GEA and now the GEA want to take more privately from us. Somebody else says the GEA is a 96 million euro turnover business but the shop for employees get nothing if it was happening in another country. We'd be up in arms about exploitation but somebody else says I think GEA Go is a fantastic facility for 80 quid. Even if there's only four months of live games, they're there to watch for the rest of the year. As a football fan, I'd love a facility like that to watch Premier League games back during the off-season. 087-1400-106. Liam Griffin is former Wexford Hurling manager. Liam, what do you think about uh, games being put on GAA Go as opposed to -to free-to-air terrestrial television? Well, we're nothing if we're not extreme. We we want them all killed or we want to do the, the opposite. I don't know. I, I just think that <clears throat> it has a purpose. Uh, I know that if I'm away on holidays, I can watch a match, which is great, and I can watch, a, you know, we can, if Wexford happen to be playing, I can watch that game. So it's got its advantages, but it has its disadvantages. And I just think that the selection wasn't good. And I think if the selection had been better and the matches hadn't been so good that they were missed by everybody, it would have, it would have, it would have made a difference. And there is a lot of merit in saying that a lot of people a lot of people don't have proper uh, broadband and can't see it. And there's a lot of people in the GEA in rural Ireland. Uh, and when you look at the GEA, it's a parish organisation. And parish means parish. So most parishes have their own clubs. And, and the allegiance is to the parish. And a lot of volunteers are doing a lot of work in parishes. And that work is essentially for the GEA. So when they're seen marginalised by the fact that they can't watch it on television, they're going to get very, very annoyed about it. And I can absolutely understand that. But I think we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need to look at it again. And I just think that the PR around this wasn't, wasn't great from the start. Nobody seemed to know what was going to happen as the season came forward. And they expected to see it. And I think the expectation was built up. And because of that expectation... This became a shock to a lot of people who didn't have enough information about it because it wasn't debated on televisions or it wasn't debated on radio and it wasn't much of a, uh, I didn't see much on newspapers either. So it's good and it's bad, but we made a very bad selection and the two best matches. Now, one thing I would say is we try to facilitate everybody and we show we're amateurs mm-hmm. by what we try to do sometimes. If Ireland won a big match and we're paying the next big match, uh, if they won, when they won their tip or crown the Grand Slam everybody expect to see the first match of Ireland play next year on television of course they would well Limerick won the All-Ireland Limerick are the talk of the whole hurling world at the moment trying to go for so many in a row they've done so many I nearly forget how many in a row it is at this stage but anyway so when Limerick were going out to play that would have been a huge game Limerick and Clare was the best game of hurling uh, supposed to be last year and Limerick and Clare were playing yeah. and it uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't seen now, look, are we being a bit unfair on the Dublin? Because I'll be honest, like uh, quite a few people, and myself included, suspected Limerick might have given Clare a trimming, given it was in the Gaelic grounds. And then the only reason that the Cork and Tip match was so good was because Tip had beaten Watford last weekend. And after the first round of match, after the the, the Watford Limerick match, a lot of people expected Watford to go down and possibly beat Cork, no, which might have made that no. a kind of a dead rubber of a match almost. No, 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 I don't accept that because Cork. You, you knew there were going to be great games. I didn't know there were going to be great games, but I suspected that Corker, Corker coming, brand new management team, 
and uh, they were coming through the league. They were doing well. They were doing okay. Tipperary are coming as well. Liam Cahill has gone from Waterford to, to Tipperary. He's native county. Tipperary uh, and Cork. Uh, that's all blacks versus who? I mean, from our point of view, it, in Munster, hurting, we have mm. to admit this in Leinster. And you were from Leinster and I'm from Leinster. We can talk about Wexford and Kilkenny all you like. But Cork and Tipperary, since the beginning of time, actually are an absolute serious, serious game. Uh, for the most part, unless when the periods in Tipperary were down. So that was always going to be a massive game, and we should know that in advance, that it was going yeah. to be a massive big game. But now, it's easy with hindsight now to go back and do all this, and I accept that as well, but it, we missed out by not doing that. I'm not, not giving people those particular big games. Yeah. Uh, all Ireland champions, Munster, Munster championships, and so, they, so they, they lived up to expectation as... Yeah, with more likely that they would, Clare were never going to go down to Limerick. In fact, they were never going to go lie down in Limerick, not by any manner of means. Not with, not with Brian Lone and the players that they have. And they have a lot of players back. So, look, it was a no-brainer. They should have been on it, in my opinion. Well, listen, a couple of issues there I want to come back to, but let me bring in Ger Gilroy from Off the Ball. Ger, I mean, before we talk about the rights and wrongs of pay-per-view and whether there's any place for it and kind of broadcasting acts and designated sports and all of that, the idea that you wouldn't put kind of marquee games behind the paywall, I can see why we find it unwholesome, but there is a business argument that's exactly what you should do, isn't there? Yeah, 100%. And if you, if you remember that the GA made the decision to not go with Sky and instead to continue their joint venture with the national broadcaster, RTE. That needs to make money. It needs to at least wash its face. They can probably make some investment over a period of time. But questions will be asked about our taxpayer money through RTE being invested in a product that doesn't then make money but actually double charges some citizens to watch games. And, you know, we all pay our, our license fee already. So they, they couldn't have put the two terrible games on Sunday, the Munster football final and the Connacht football final behind the paywall because nobody would have paid for them apart from maybe a few souls uh, who are diehards from the four counties. I literally found myself with 10 minutes left of Clare and Limerick trying to find my credit card and signing up because it looked like the shock was on. And I'd say it's been the biggest boon for GAA Go. And the other thing that's happened is, of course, now everybody knows exactly where to find games because there hadn't been, to, to Liam's point, there hadn't been a huge public information campaign the way there would have been with Sky. There would have been massive billboards all across the country. They would have used all of their platforms. They would have used all of their advertising dollars to tell everybody, these are the games we have. And yeah, they're behind the paywall, but if you pay this amount of money, you're going to get them. I think that's where some of the, the confusion mm. came in over the last couple of weeks. But like, if... if the central tension at the middle of this is, is the use of that word amateur that Liam used there. In many cases, the use of the word amateur is derogatory. In, in the GEA's case, it's a, a badge of pride that they put forward, except that there's a, a central part of the organisation that is fully professional, and it's their job to maximise the amount of money coming in, which is supposed to flow back through the coffers, to support the amateur volunteers in their efforts. And at the heart of that is the tension between What's the value of the rights that they hold? How much should they charge for them? And how much can they charge for them? So Liam, would you accept that were all games 
to be made freely available, whether RT have to broadcast them or they end up on Virgin or on TG Cahar or streaming for free on YouTube, there'd, there'd be a financial hit. The association would have to kind of cut its cloth, wouldn't it? Yeah, but listen, this is the debate that should have been held about six months ago that we were all talking about now and yeah. get some clarity about around the thing. We're, we're, we're late into the, into the job, but that's the fault of the people who put it together. They needed to do a lot more work on it. And the other thing that just that Ger said there, you can't have a, a double standard. We actually seem to sort of throw the sky out because of the paywall, and then we put one in ourselves. And that's, again, bad PR, and it gives them bad time. But I actually think that we have played, I'm just going to just switch it slightly. We actually paid a lot of lift services through, to, to hurling through this. This is a, we must, we must uh, give hurling a chance and we must put hurling up front and we must do all those things. And we in the GAA are absolutely, totally uh, have, ma- have not mismanaged the game of hurling. And I am really, when I hear this, it's all about the top of this side. But the, what we're trying to grow in hurling is the bottom side. And when we put in a motion this year from my club that, that every single GEA club worth its salt should have a, a hurling nursery for the age of 7 to 10. Now, hurling is the life skill as well. And I'm just saying they're not doing nearly enough. We don't have a strategy for the development of the game of hurling. It's all very fine. We're talking about the, the paywall here. We're talking about that. But the biggest problem that hurling has is not the lack of publicity on, on televisions. It's the amount of people that play. And if it's a life skill, and we actually have an apartheid system that if there's no hurling club in your parish, you can't play hurling. You can play soccer, you can play rugby, you can play ludo, you can play tall, you can play what you bloody well like, but you can't play hurling. And I met thousands of people over, over my lifetime that said, oh, I'd love to play hurling. I'd love to play hurling. You're okay, you're in Kilkenny, and I'm in Wexford, and we have hurling available. But the point is that the GAA need to understand that the game of hurling needs an awful lot of attention and a proper management strategy because mm. management must manage and that's their problem and i'm just saying that's one of the biggest problems that get, never gets debated and that's never seen it's all about this paywall and all of that but the ga needs to sit down and say what are we going to do about hurling and they're not do, they're not doing the right job and it got voted down at our congress in the gaa it got voted down we only got 35 percent of the vote for to introduce hurling to every club, and they didn't even have to interfere with them. From seven to ten years of age, we asked them to put it in there. And we asked that, that people get that done, because we've now got games development officers there. So we're putting money, we're putting money into The government are putting money yeah. into that. And, and they're not then uh, uh, giving the national game of hurling. Listen, Prince Charles is able to play hurling now at this stage. He got coached. The, the Queen got a hurl. <laughs> Sheep, John Pingery, China got one. Kate Middleton got one. And we got guys in Ireland can't get going and can't play the game. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nonsense it's a double it's a double standard in relation to Hurling and that's the part of it that really sickens me Jer uh, uh, in 2014 when the deal was done with Sky um, and people kind of accused the GA of being the, the grab all association there was the usual kind of pearl clutching done in Croke Park and and one of the arguments made was uh, this this isn't just about money it's partly about money and being able to reinvest it but it's also about you know growing the game and reaching new audiences I mean the decision though to go with GA go makes a lie of all of that, doesn't it? You're not reaching any casual observer through GA Go. It's, it's literally just targeting the hardcore fans. Yeah, I think that the, um, the bit about growing the game, I'd say if they could get that back and take that off the public record, they would do that. Um, but briefly before I get into that more, I think Liam is 100% correct, by the way. And I think that the hurling people need to really think about what their relationship with the GA at a central level is because 
uh, it's clear that um, Dunlog used the word exploited that the Munster Hurling Championship is this jewel in the crown and it is being exploited to drive subscriptions and so therefore revenue for RTE and for the GEA and that's what you would do if you were if you had that business but if you're hurling if you're hurling people and they couldn't get more than 35% support for Liam's proposal then you know who is actually looking out for hurling in the organisation mm. I would I would agree 100% with that uh, on the point about GEA go narrowing the audience I do have some sympathy for them because if you think about it we all pay to attend matches but at some point across our lives we've decided that it is our right for nothing to be able to see whatever we want from our couch the GA was supposed to be a participation thing and then it was supposed to be something that you attended at matches as a supporter for your parish as it was i do understand that not everybody can go for various reasons and we've heard terrible stories today of sports fans across the the various uh, media who couldn't get access to this game. There were loads of other games on available. There are underage games every night this week on TG Car, and their counter-argument would be that there are more live games available free to air at the moment than there have been at most previous stages um, in in history. And at some point, there is merit in having a paywall. But I think the, the own goal that was scored here was by going so nakedly out straight off the bat in the first couple of weeks and picking the best games. This is supposed to be a long-term play. It's supposed to be a five-year rights deal. Be under no illusions, by the way. This is not going away, no matter what happens. Yeah. Like, we've had Neil Martin out today. Leo Varadkar can say what the hell he wants. Unless they are going to list the Munster Hurling Championship as one of those must-be-free-to-air events, then you're never going to have anything going back from GA Go. So this this storm that's happening at the moment, if, if I was, you know, I, I love hurling, but if I was like a proper hurling person, I would be taking names and notes and saying nobody cares for our game, nobody's trying to grow it. They're absolutely complacent about the fact that the sport hasn't grown in terms of um, the other counties who might be realistic contenders. And on the on the um, catching the, the casual viewers, there wasn't even a Saturday highlights program for the last couple of weeks, and that was never explained. Yeah. There was massive fanfare and trumpets from RTE when they announced their new rights deal that oh, we're going to have a Saturday evening show. It's going to show you all the highlights, except for the two best games of the year so far. Jure Gilroy from Off the Ball. Liam Griffin, former Wexford Hurling Manager. Gentlemen, listen, thanks a million, uh, both of you, for joining us. Uh, good luck getting my 88-year-old GEA-loving dad uh, broadband to watch GEA, says one of our uh, listeners. The majority of fans are actively involved in the local clubs. True amateurs, GEA Go is exploiting. The self-same volunteers, the GEA, really needs to take a hard look at itself. And if the Americans had hurling, they would franchise out the sport around the world and we would have a World Cup of Hurling, the best field sport in the world. And that's coming from a soccer man. So says uh, the soccer man on 087 1400 106 it's interesting Jerm mentioned the, the designated events in the Broadcasting Act entire tournaments in soccer and rugby are designated events in the GEA it's literally only the finals it's on a par with the Nations Cup at the Dublin Horse Show The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.